0: Do you know what i desire
1: <laughs> go on
0: it 's it's, it's a cat that won 't eat my breakfast
1: <laughs> now are you are you eating kitty kibble again because that might be a part of the issue
0: not for at least three months um, wow. i've managed to lay, lay off no I, I it was it was my own mistake i <laughs> i got I got some lovely cheese cobs because um, i i, I long journey last night I ordered pizza pizza never arrived, so i 've been oh. hungry. Um, and so I, I, I made I made a little a little sort of sandwich thing, and mm. um, I went over to the office to uh, do some you know a little bit of prep and get things ready. Uh, mm. I was gone thirty seconds, and then when I came <sighs> back, there was a cat sort of lapping at my lapping at my breakfast. <laughs> and he has absolutely no sense of being told off. He does not know he's got absolutely no fear whatsoever. <laughs> I would just like him to be a little bit more afraid of me than he is. I don't want him to live in fear. I don't yeah. want him to be like his sister, but I'd just like him to have a little bit because I'm massive. <laughs> I'm huge in compa- I mean he's big, but oh, he's I'm massive. much much bigger.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he, but you know, as he thinks that A, you won't fight, and B, he could still probably take you. Oh, he so could. it's. <laughs> he could. It's, it's, it's not fear you're asking for, darling, it's respect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cuts so much deeper. Oh.
1: <laughs> or, or he just thinks he he like he hasn't got any like personal boundaries and he just thinks that you are like like one being and therefore why would you be upset with him <laughs> when you are feeding both of you? you know, the, the one entity with this glorious breakfast bap you have lovingly prepared for you yeah. as in a collective as in a,
0: as a yes. Yeah, the royal you. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the A to Z of happiness, with Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. Join us as we unpack the science of happiness, one letter at a time. This week, it's D for desire. I mean, apart from the fact that it's fourth in the alphabet, uh, what, what, why desire?
2: Well...
1: guess a couple of reasons really one is you know as long as you know why i mentioned or came up with the idea of of belonging for b this is something i struggle with this is something you know i'm I'm not picking things that i find easy and i can go hi yeah this is what i do this is this is how to do it because i've been done it well this is this is like hi yeah i'm you have a cat on your piano behind you by the way (laughs) are you sure that tinsel christmas tree is going to be safe
0: i'm sure I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) I love how this is such a professional recording. I just see in the background this extremely fluffy tail. He knows he's being spoken about, wants to be part of the enterprise, the proceedings.
0: So desire then?
1: So desire, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) It's again, you know, it's something that I struggle with. It's tied up with, I think, for me and a lot of people who I speak to about a sense of deserving and shame and guilt over things that me, 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 we may want or might not want to occur. And it's almost implicit in, you know, in this conversation and these podcasts of, you know, part of it is, you know, this, this desire to be happier, you know, so just how dare me- we. I know how very dare we, mm. and so you know, I just this idea of a, you know a strong feeling or wanting something, you know, a strong wish to to do or have something, as the the Collins Dictionary would uh, mm. beautifully put, um, <laughs> and the fact that it's kind of associated with these things like wanting or wishing or longing or craving, you know, there's something about almost a lack of. Control there,
0: yeah. You
1: know, we're yeah. Being there's, taken there's a real, over. a
0: real kinetic sense with with something like desire that it's it's really being drawn to things. There's a real sense of that uh, of that movement.
1: Yeah, and I think you know we can get very tied up with you and and you know this is. I I, I looked at the Wikipedia page for the word desire and got hugely intimidated by all the theosophical, philosophical, psychological, other articles, uh, interpretations of the term, you know, but there is this thing of, you know, almost a split between like, you know, higher desires, you know, a desire for world peace, you know, I, I, I wish that the world was, you know, kinder, you know, we all were kinder to each other and, these more human, these more body based, what we might call like more base desires. You know, it's often we often think of desires as and being associated. You know, in a negative, well, not in a negative, but in a more. Hmm. It often comes associated with things that involve sex. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um. You know, the seven deadly sins.
0: It's funny that se- things that are sensual. We, we that's sort of been co-opted as well I don't know about co-opted but that is something that that we have as well is we describe something as as sensual then then that has a connotation as well uh where it you know it it really doesn't have to mean that but then now i feel like the 14 year old boy who would say certain <laughs> things and then have to explain no just because you think they're rude <laughs> but it's interesting like the desire for world peace or the desire to—I have a desire to have a flat stomach, but mm. I'm not actively working towards that. I'm—I'm I'm not not doing that,
2: mm. but
0: it's yeah. There, there, there's there's something that we can desire. We can you know it's 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 hoping, it's dreaming rather than it doesn't feel as intentional to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, you know, the positive side of desire, you know, I'm going to talk about, you know, explain a little bit more and separate it out from, you know, wants and needs, but this idea of desire being a, can be a positive force actually, because, you know, those dreams and those wishes can be the start, the genesis of us taking action. You know, they can be pointers for us to, Work out what it is that we actually want to experience in our lives, you know. If we allow space for them without judgment, actually, because I think that's you know that's the thing, you know. There's, there's the second the second noble truth in Buddhism, you know, states that desiring is the cause of all suffering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And so, even just getting to the point of desiring something, of having wishes and longings, can feel really painful or, or uncomfortable. Because it can be often, mm, there's something about this which can be triggered by a lack of something. Mm -hmm. You know, we may not be, the first way that we may recognize something is by its absence rather than its presence and wanting more, Mm. I think, you know, and, and that can make it turn into kind of like cravings for things. Uh, but yeah, but it's part of you know I, I love the work of Dr. Paul Gilbert who does compassion focused therapy. Wrote, he's the author of a Compassionate Mind, which I touched on last week, and he, you know, he talked about it as being you know this drive state, this dopamine state, this this state that this energizing wants us to accomplish and achieve things. You know, it kind of has to start somewhere. It's it's how we how it expresses itself. You know, if we are desiring something and we're focused on the not having it and we then start beating ourselves up about it for some reason, then, you know, it's, it's, it's whether these things become warped, whether these things become compulsive. You know, there is a difference between compelling and compulsive you know a compelling desire actually means oh actually i do want to make some actions take some steps you know what is the first next action i can take to make this dream a reality versus something which is compulsive you know which is very often tied to you know uh developmental unmet needs uh this this idea of you know having a well of these unmet needs which oh, i forget the exact therapist who uh, Dr. Gabor Mate quotes but he says you know in addiction it's hard to get enough of something that almost works (sighs) Mm. you know and it's again this relationship with desire is it you know I'm going to explain in a second is it something that is actually a generative force if it's something that with a, a a pull energy we are attracted to Mm. We are drawn in a healthy, positive way, or is it something which is... <sighs> we're being pushed, you know, we're, we're being ruled from the shadows by things which... And again, this is where the sense of, you know, this discomfort with a lack of control, I think, comes into play.
0: Yeah, there's something interesting about acting on a desire or or chasing pursuing something that that is that you desire does it always have to take you out of your comfort zone it feels like it 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 will do a lot because if it's important to you then maybe you know i guess because if it was important to you and if it was easy you'd already have it so by the fact that you you desire it and you by dint of the fact that you don't have it, it probably isn't easy. So therefore, you probably do have to cross some bridges and, and deal with some trolls in order to in order to get it.
1: Hmm. Possibly, I think it's it depends on um, whether we are trying to be uh, pleasure seeking, pain avoiding, or having you know, experiencing something called called a positive drive. You know, one of the books I, I I love is The Desire Map. And I was just flicking through it last night and wanting to bookmark every page, as <laughs> I have done every time I've picked it up. And there's a lovely set of questions she has, which ask us to kind of just think of, you know, you know, it... The fear-based, you know, p- pleasure-seeking is kind of what we associate with desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly Martin Seligman and his PERMA model, you know, the very first thing, you know, it starts with P for positive emotions. It ends with A for accomplishment. And, you know, we often associate the... uh the, the successful accomplishment of desires with plus positive emotions and a sense of accomplishment. But when it when the pain avoiding, it's all about, you know, desiring, you know, these ideas of, you know, what will other pink other people think of me? You know, what can other people give to me? You know, and wanting to avoid pain. Whereas a positive drive, you know, as you're talking about this idea of, you know, crossing some bridges, you know, fighting some trolls, you know, is this moving me forward? You know, does, do I feel more like myself pursuing this desire? You know, will I sleep peacefully tonight, Even she asked. And then, you know, would my kid or grandma or best friend be proud of me? You know, because I think that is when we are, and 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 being caught, you know, moving out of our comfort zone into our stretch zone mm-hmm. without going so far, we end up in the panic zone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, crossing those bridges in daylight possibly with company versus going at midnight on our own on a foggy night and all we can hear are, are howling animals and strange eyes glowing in the gloom
0: <laughs> gosh i shan't sleep tonight um, yeah there's there's so much i think and and, and this this gets us off off track uh and off topic but i think there's there's something really interesting there around going out of your comfort zone and being able to do it with someone who a little bit like uh the the two people in the hole um Mm. uh, going through that with someone who can say it's okay i've done this before you know i I can't do it for you but i can walk with you and you know i i I know the way um and that that can be that can be quite useful
1: and 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 i think also having the other person to remind us that where we are okay to desire something mm. i think this is where i get can, can get really challenged by it and you know this is something i know with like conversations with other people as well we're often stymied by the belief that we don't deserve what we want mm-hmm. um you no know, we're recording this uh, uh, if i may say before the festive season you may uh, i may um and i have a very strong memory uh, you know, back when I was a kid, the internet was, was wasn't even a glint in Tim Berners Lee's eye, and the only Tim Berners Lee way...
0: didn't invent the internet.
1: I uh, well, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, no, good, good good,
0: good, 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 Correction. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
1: go yeah. I've been watching the Secret Genius of Modern Life. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> fabulous TV series. Anyway. When I was a kid, the only way to really know what toys are out there were either going into a shop physically, which was a very rare occurrence, or more likely, where I was, you would get a get a c get a catalogue.
0: Argos? Twice,
1: no, this was family album. This was even like Argos was even before you know that was that was, that was the the laminated book of joy. It was <laughs> <been> long before. <laughs> you no, know, that, that would have physically meant having to go like to the next like large conglomeration, mm-hmm. you know. This was like in your own home, and you know, looking the the album issued kind of it must have been late, but August time was the one you always looked forward to as a kid because at mm-hmm. the back pages, it was that was where all the toys were, and I grew up in in poverty, basically, and was very aware of the lack of money in our household. And so I would look at, go through these, these glorious, multicolored, beautiful pages, you know, full of things to inspire, you know, desire and joy and wanting and, and excitement. And I would limit myself to only looking at the things under a certain price point because there was absolutely no point in me asking for anything above I don't know I think was like five pounds at the time you know it might have been slightly less actually there's no point looking at anything above that because to ask for anything more would be to incite rejection it would be it would place my parents in a difficult position and I wouldn't actually believe that I could deserve that to be honest and so you know even at that young age, you know, I'm talking before double digits, eight, nine, actually having a sense of the world and how much I was, I was allowed to ask for. And, you know, since then, the, the, while I do not recall the details of those pages, the weight of that book and the weight of that knowledge still stays with me, even to this day, you know, more than 40 years later.
0: I reckon a lot of us can relate in very different ways. You know, I think your circumstances may vary, but I reckon the feelings are, are fairly universal. Mm. So given that, what are some questions we can ask ourselves, some things that we can can think about uh, in order to, I guess... Help us get a uh, handle on a desire you know understand what is a desire like where where can we begin
1: well i'm gonna you know the first place to begin is the simplest and for a lot of us the hardest just asking us ourselves just asking ourselves the question what do you want
0: mm-hmm.
1: what, do you, what do you what do you want what do you really really want as this spice Girls make as, sense.
0: as so so uh <laughs> aptly put it in that Ivanovello novello <laughs> award winning uh, song
1: indeed. And it can be really difficult because for so many people are so used to focusing on what other people want or the things that they don't want. You know, I asked this of of someone I know who's going through tremendous relationship difficulties at the moment. And, you know, I asked him, what do you want? And it was all, it was basically pain avoidance. I, you know, I want the hurting to stop you know rather than okay but well, and you know if if that stopped what would you like instead you know what do you want as you know regardless of your current circumstances i think that's the thing you know and there's two points on that one is when we are overstretched and under-resourced it's really hard to be creative it's really hard to dream to actually think of something differently and two our current circumstances tend to influence our thinking, you know how we're perceiving our thinking. So if we are stressed or angry or feeling depressed, it's hard to forget that this is not permanent, personal, or pervasive, as uh, Dr. Seligan puts it. Yes. You know, and you know this was part of my challenge. I mean, this less no less so now, but certainly, you know, I was. I used to go to my GP about depression you know, off and on for a long time. And I was um, described as anhedonic at one point, which meant I was incapable of feeling pleasure and and taking pleasure out of life. And so in that state, asking me what I wanted, I just wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah. When When I'm tired and depleted, you know, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, I struggle to find an answer because I just don't have the cognitive resources at that time to even reach out and and imagine something other than what is occurring right in this moment.
0: It's like but, what do you want? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's, I, that's that's all I that's all I can give. no. Just no.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it but it actually makes me think of like like a toddler mm. trying to work out what it is they want they, to eat and I like bring it up to their mouth and go mm 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 shaking their heads Mm -hmm. and stuff until like you you then realize it's probably ice cream and then they'll gobble that down
0: (laughs) it also reminds me of being um very very young so probably toddler age i have a memory of this it happened a couple of times in my memory of being in my uh being held uh by by my mum and me crying Mm. and my mum asking what's wrong and my answer would be, I'm crying. <laughs> and then she would ask why. And I, I had no, I don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just know that I'm crying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we can get so caught up in causality as well. Mm. I mean, I mm. love this from Michael Neal, who is a wonderful author and speaker and, and coach uh, from the three principles perspective. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, well, actually, he, 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 he spoke to someone and they relayed it back to him, this idea of more full stops, full of fewer commas. Ooh. And so, you know, I'm crying full stop versus I'm crying comma because, and then because we will make up, we will rationalize, we will come up with stories. We will, you know, because we, our way of feeling safe in the world is to create a narrative around things that make things make sense and actually you know actually us, us having ourselves not make sense to ourselves can be particularly terrifying mm-hmm. you know again we're coming back to this word control mm. you know i'm 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 in this body i'm in this ship but i'm not steering it right now and i don't know where it's headed mm-hmm. you know that can be you know i'm 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 really lucky this, this is the strange beginning to the sentence you'll understand why in a second my body twitches and spasms uncontrollably. I lose control of my body, particularly when I'm exhausted. I lose the ability to stand, my arms stop working, my legs stop working. Even something, someone gave me a foot massage, which should be really lovely and relaxing. My body was skittling around on, on the bed like I was a fish in a hot skillet. I just, and there was, I lost, you know, I lose control of my body uh, and just being okay learning how to be okay with that and just going okay that is just what my body does and actually look at being this this curious observer ooh it's doing this now oh it doesn't normally do that or oh this is yeah this is the sort of thing it normally does don't worry because then you know this idea of control I can't control what my body is doing, but I have found that I am able to control my response to that in a funny kind of way. You know, I will in those moments desire my body to chill the fuck out and I can be, I can have a preference for that. It can soften down a bit. You know, I'm going to talk, you know, I, I, I love this continuum of wants, needs and desires and things. You know, eventually, you know, when you can soften things down, soften, lessen the control, lessen the craving, the needing, the hunger, you start to get into this territory of preference or no preference, Mm -hmm. which can be kind of liberating, actually. Yeah, liberating.
0: Well, that brings me on to the question then, uh, again, going back to my childhood uh, and lots (laughs) of people's childhoods of saying I need, you know, whether it's uh, a toy or uh, an ice cream, like, I need that. And then the answer coming back, you don't need it, you want it. <laughs> How do yeah. we tell the difference?
1: Well, I think it's it, it's subtle. Yeah. Uh, well, it definitely can feel subtle to me. And very often what allows me to work out whether it's a – I, I think that the most extreme version is need. You know, that's where it feels, because that's when our survival instinct kicks in. That's why it's so compelling. It's like, if I don't get this thing now, I will die. And it can feel like that when you're a small child, because you have very little ability to regulate your emotions. And so all you can, you're just activated and you're taking that as a survival threat. Mm hmm you know, when we can soften down, if we can, you know, and this is what I have to do sometimes, I have to just like sit my house down on the sofa, (laughs) just so that my nervous system can just dial down a bit. And so I can just tune in. Okay, so is it what's being triggered here? Mm. You know, is there a part of me that thinks that You know, whether I will either literally or metaphorically, because the ego death, ego doesn't want to die either, baby. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) No, sir.
1: No, sir. Um, So can that urgency just drop down? Can I, you know, give myself the inner emotional support during those survival fears just to loosen my grip? And then it becomes a want, you know, and we often can still get very concerned with the getting, but I love, love, love this book by uh, uh, Jet Saris and Marlena Lyons. It's like twenty-two years old. It was, it was published in the year two thousand, and they talk about this idea of actually just, again, just being with the wanting because we, can, again, we can get so, you know, that that drive thing, the the desire for things to be uh, fulfilled. It's the attachment. That's what the Buddhists kind of like you know, look at, it's, it's the attachment that causes the suffering
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to actually can be really fully enjoy and experience wanting something, you know, separate from, you know, this uh, separate from this, this need to, 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 to get it, to have this, this need, this, this want met, you know, the idea of just simply identifying, accepting and experiencing our wanting, which is very different from you know the the collapse of giving up or you know the chance of unworthiness because very often if we don't get something we take it as again i just said when we are narrative making creatures we take it as meaning something about our value and our and our worth
0: there has to be a therefore or a yes. or a because or a yeah
1: and and we are You know, there was a lovely interview with Tim Ferriss and Dr. Gabor Mate talking about this. Our brain will jump to whatever storyline most fits our self belief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of us at the core, right at the very center, have some version of the belief that I am not enough. And this is why not getting these things can be so painful and it can be so compelling sometimes is because it re reawakens, reconfirms, reignites this deep, painful, uncomfortable sense that at our intrinsic core we are not enough and that by getting that thing we will be salved, we will be saved from that experience. Because we be may whole just- we would be made whole, yes, because we assume that we are not whole without it. But then, when we, this is where it gets interesting. There's a whole continuum. You now, it starts with need being the most intense, the survival thing. The want, you know, it's still compelling, but we can actually maybe just sit with that and allow it to inform us. But then we move into desire, and where there's other things that are kind of like a push energy, you know, as you, know, you know, rightly pointed out at the beginning, we can be drawn to something. And this, you know, desire becomes something that's generative. Can, And I, I love this quote from them. You say, you know, needs and wants in this way of looking at them are like reactions to something we feel is missing and necessary. While desire is a yearning for something because we have an interest in it and a receptivity towards it, which completely makes me think of Sufism you know this idea of the relationship with the beloved which is their term for God you know it is and I forget the exact quote but it's something along the lines of it isn't not about quenching that thirst but actually developing the perfect thirst so that you continually drink from it and you know, Sufism is. There's a lot of yearning and longing, and actually, just looking at this through the frame of receptivity. I think that's so. Because if there's a if there's a grabby energy to need and want, desire is receptive. It's 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 open arms, open hands. It's space for things.
0: The. Well, the the image and we, we you know we can we can discuss it or we can park it but the the image that <laughs> keeps coming to me is of like the 1940s 50s 60s cartoons where you've got a dog or a cat and it's just smelled a pie co- cooling on a on a windowsill and the smoke <laughs> wafts and and the nose goes up and then then the whole body is lifted up yes <laughs> and down the stairs being carried on the current of this of this steam as it as it's coming from the from the pie and the and, and the and the True scent of aroma, it. the the aroma yeah and there's this something that won't leave my brain of of that notion of really being compelled and pulled towards it but also it it being it's always slow and
2: mm. kind
0: of luxurious and and there's they're savoring the the journey to the pie it, yeah. you know the the then getting to the windowsill, there might be a chaotic thing they might never get the pie. they usually don't get the pie or mm. there's uh, horrible consequences, but that scene is always kind of quite slow and and meandering and it's it's allowed to be that, which I think is interesting. there is space given given to that.
2: Mm.
1: And the word enticement oh, yeah. has just popped into my head, mm. you know, and, if, and, you know, we can only be enticed by things if we have, if we are receptive, if there is something about us, you know, if, if that cat or dog had a cold and couldn't smell, couldn't mm-hmm. smell the aroma of the pie or just walk past and completely ignore it, you know, it's having, I think it's, and that speaks to me about a receptivity to life, a receptivity to things, able to enchant us, being able to entice us, and are and allowing ourselves to mm, to respond to that, you know, with with a lightness, you know, rather than this, this you know, a, a compulsion or a craving, you know, just allowing things, almost, you know, this idea of, what is it, emergence, mm-hmm. actually,
2: mm.
1: you know, we can allow things to emerge and be drawn to them and actually allow that sense of being drawn to them to really act as almost like it was a game of hotter or colder, <laughs> you know, what, what's, what feels exciting to me today, and this kind of ties in with something which, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, what would happen if we were guided by our desires you know if to take that cartoon analogy you know we we keep our nose up in the air mm. <laughs> you know not constantly not all the time because we want to be present to what's going on in our circumstances but actually there's also something about a lifting of the gaze from what's immediately in front of us to our horizon and again Merlin
0: man talks about I don't know if he borrowed this from somewhere else, but he, he talks about looking for the chimneys. So Ooh. when you're walking out and about, look look for the chimneys uh, on, on houses and buildings. Mm. And what that does is it keeps your gaze up and, and more towards the sun and generally a more positive space than sort of looking down and downtrodden and looking at your feet. And I just think that's a nice a nice way of helping you guide yourself towards that is to, yeah, just look for the chimneys.
1: And actually, I'm just thinking on a, phys, you know, I did emotional freedom technique training and they would off, you know, during this, you know, if a client is getting particularly emotionally hooked, very often they will lower their gaze or close their eyes and which, which, enhances the emotional intensity now that's useful sometimes if you want someone to really tune into something so they can actually work out you know what's going on for them you know sometimes you know the answer to, you know to to what do you want is and they say I don't know Is actually okay so just, just drop into your body you know what's what's going on in your body and actually just listening to that and that can be a great way you know sometimes of just closing our eyes lowering our gaze to actually shut out stimuli but so often We do that habitually and we become hypnotized by our immediate concerns, you know, our, our immediate emotions and just this idea of, you know, raising our chins up, looking up in acceptance and commitment training. There's a wonderful practice called dropping anchor, which deliberately has, you know, it's, it's ACE, it's acknowledge. What's going on inside you, otherwise you're just avoiding it, connect to your body, and so you know I, I, let me just take you if you if you know take you through it right now, so right now, you know what are you feeling cold yeah, and cold, and then if you kind of move your arms up and around, you can feel that you know there's this coldness and there's this body around you experiencing the cold mm. and then the the e is to you know. Is, is to expand to your environment and actually looking around and actually counting, you know, what are five things that you can see right now?
0: Microphone, Anya, headphones, fidget spinner, mixer.
1: Yeah. And actually just, and then, you know, the things you can hear is probably my voice, things you can smell, and actually taking us into our senses and connecting with our environment, and you know this is a wonderful way. You know, if you go on to Ross Harris's website, he has some free audios taking you through this process, and it is a wonderful way to regulate our nervous system to take us out of our fear-based thinking, and give us the the resources and capacity to perhaps answer. You know, what what you know to the question. You know, what do we want? Um, or you know what might happen if you wanted to be guided by your desires, but certainly the, the 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 queen of the latter is Danielle Laporte. She has you know I mentioned earlier her book The Desire Map, and she talks about these things of core desired feelings, and she puts it you know you're not chasing the goal, you're chasing a feeling you hope reaching the goal will give you. And you know I I love this because. It gives us a bit more freedom and agency. You know, if my goal is to is is to, I don't know, run a marathon <laughs> say, mm. you know, given my health, that's not a particularly helpful goal for me. It can be, you know, a lovely aspiration, but each day that I'm not doing something to to meet it is a day where my inner critic can have a field day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if my value is self-care and actually the feeling I want to have through running a marathon is perhaps, I don't know, uh, agency or confidence. Being able to,
0: yeah, work towards a long-term goal and stick to it and...
1: Consistency. Consistency, Yeah. yeah. You know, or stability. Like, you know, I can find lots of different ways to get those feelings independent of a set goal which you know for most of us we can have goals to aim for but you know life has life can have other ideas shall we say
2: Sure
1: can. <laughs> yeah so I, I do sometimes wonder whether you know the question what do you want can be more as as as, as a certain as a way to get there could be you know, how do I want to feel?
0: Mm, I yeah, I that 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 sticks with me. I think because it's 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 a great way of being able to potentially sort of do an end around some of those things that you you think perhaps. <sighs> You 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 get a craving for something or a, you know uh, a, a, a want for something, and you think that the solution is is X, but if X is perhaps not the the best option, there is well, what would having X allow you to feel? And yeah. so often that's actually different from what X does make you feel. <laughs> for example, um, I might feel that eating a large pizza will make me happier. What it will Mm. actually do is give me a brief moment of, oh, that tasted nice. Like, I could have probably had a slice of pizza as opposed Mm. to a pizza, and then Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be up awake at night, and I wouldn't be uh, feeling stodgy and bloated and slow the next morning. So Mm. those are the things that I'm getting, whereas what I actually wanted to feel was that thing of, there's a nice... That's a nice tang of pepperoni uh, and there's a little pepper on there and, 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 you know, sloshing around with the cheese and that's all lovely. And I could have probably have got that with one slice as opposed to my initial want to eat the entire pizza. Well, well, I don't know get... if that's helpful.
1: No, 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 no. Well, 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 I'm just thinking the way you're describing that is really sensual and actually yeah. what you wanted to have was a sensual experience.
0: Mm. You know, yeah. experience
1: of the senses. Of the
0: senses, thank you. I wanted a sensual experience with my pizza, yes. <laughs>
1: And frankly, you know, it's a really good pizza, don't we all?
0: Oh,
1: um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And I think this is where, you know, I, I think this, I don't think, I might have made this one up myself, but I doubt it. This idea of, you know, today's expectations and tomorrow's resentments. That's mm. got to be stolen from somewhere, that's too good. <laughs> um, and, and I think this is what can, you know, why so many people have like midlife crises, mm. Because they've done all the things that they were told what they should do to get to a certain point and be happy, and yet they get to you know forty and are going, why do I feel so unfulfilled?
0: <sighs> all you right, know. get out of my head, Anya.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a oh, there's a great image, you know. I think it's a, it's a thing, you know, a, a sign which has been altered, you know, because it's often you often see this in like museums or, or public spaces about belongings, but it says attention. Do not leave your longings unattended.
2: Ooh. Hey there. Hey
0: there. Hey. See, hey. I know, I know. you think, eh? What? Uh,
1: It probably works better as a visual. But, uh, yeah, and so, you know, because to me, you know, when you're talking about the pizza and making you happy and stuff, you know, so many of us turn to things like food to numb ourselves from feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the fine line between comforting and numbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know com- comfort is like one, one slice of pizza, numbing is three. You know, whole pizzas. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the term eating your feelings is, 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 in the, is in the common usage for a reason. So yeah, this is, this, these are the things which can happen if we, if we leave our longings, our desires unattended you know, we can be so detached from them. We may not even know, you know, what they are. And this is where the work of nonviolent communication and, you know, the work of just finding out your needs and emotions. And sometimes actually what can be useful is to, you know, just keep a record just to notice when you're feeling angry or frustrated or or grumpy or disconnected and just, you know... We don't want to make too much of a causal link. We're just pointing these things out as kind of, this is information. This is data for us. But one of the best things I've seen is in, again, Undefended Love, where uh, they talk about a client who is having fights with his wife because she says, you know, every time I ask you what you want, you don't know, you just basically say whatever it is that you want. And he was like, well, yeah. And he actually, the client would set a timer on his phone a little timer and each time it went off he would actually just check in with what he was feeling and it started off with these bodily sensations oh actually I'm a bit hungry oh I'm a bit thirsty but actually just having this process this dialogue this relationship you know softening the the fears around finding out because again I think they're going back to you know the friend who I was talking about at the beginning of this who, when I asked him what he wanted regarding his relationships, you know, didn't want, didn't know, just wanted the pain to end. We can, we can be in situations where we don't want to acknowledge what we want because we know that it would cause considerable change, potential upset. We could piss people off. We could hurt people. We could lose people.
0: Or we could try really, really, really hard and not get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean that seriously. Yeah, we could, we could want something and we can try really hard, and then we have to deal with what happens when we don't get it.
1: Yeah. Which makes um, it
0: then hard to want certain things.
1: Yes, I think you are talking about rejection sensitive, um, RSD. I wasn't Almost. necessarily
0: talking about anything specific. But I yeah I think I think there are there's two sides to that that thing of we were talking about earlier of being afraid to want or being afraid to desire something because what if I'm not worthy but there's also I think of that scene from the office where Tim is he's he's going to ask Dawn out <laughs> And he has the little piece of camera, and he says, "It's like, like rolling a dice. Sure, I could throw a six. I could absolutely throw a six. Mm. I could also throw throw a one." And he's stymied by that fear of what the consequences are if he shoots for the moon and and ends up in Droitwich. And so I I I don't know. It just it, it when you were sort of listing those things, it, it, it sort of made me think about one of those things of i guess it's not that you don't want them but you can be afraid to acknowledge or to attach to that want because you're Mm. because then you know what if or even you know what if i want that thing and i get it and then it turns out that i didn't want it all along you know and now i'm just now i'm just a hungry ghost to uh to, 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 to coin a phrase
1: yeah, because cause we're very bad predictors of what will make us happy, mm-hmm. very bad predictors of the future, Yeah, you know, and if you have had, you know, lots of experiences of not getting what you want, it's just far too risky. You know, if we're going back to the survival thing again, mm. you know, we're going back to fight or flight, you know, we've had enough, we have... Our data analysis has concluded that shit's awful. I'm not going to get it. Why, why the fuck should I try anyway? Because it just means I'm going to make a tit of myself, be vulnerable, and get slapped again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, not that I'm talking from personal experience in yeah. the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, I have had, you know, I'm just thinking one experience in particular when shit absolutely crashed and burned. Mm. When I you know, I, I wanted something badly, I communicated it. Things went so far south, I think they're still looking for it out back somewhere in Australia. <laughs> and closing that door meant that I could again having looking for the chimneys, getting your nose in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more than one pie in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to, to, ra- to round us out then, what, what can Mary Oliver offer us? Because I have a feeling that Mary o- Oliver can offer us something. I, j- I, mean, I just have this sense.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think Mary, off- uh, Mary Oliver can offer us a great deal, but mm. I just love, you know, a- as a closing offering, just like the first line of the poem I'm going to share with you, you do not have to be good. And so let me share with you Wild Geese as a, Reminder right now as we close this, this, this conversation on desire. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things.
0: The A to Z of Happiness is presented by Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. It's produced by Origin and you can find us at a2zofhappiness.com where you'll also find links to the things we discussed. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them, whichever way is easiest for you. Take care and do join us again next week on the A to Z of happiness.